This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. The moment hands are laid, that's the moment the person releases their faith by speaking. That's the moment they start believing that they receive their healing. So a good thing to say is, I believe that I receive. Amen. And then we also said that the laying on of hands can be practiced from the standpoint of the law of contact and transmission. The contact of our hands transmitting God's healing power into the bodies of the sick. Now, God uses some people specially in the area of healing. There's an anointing to heal. Jesus was anointed with it. Amen. Paul was anointed also that way. Smith Wigglesworth was anointed that way. John G. Lake was anointed that way. Several people that God has used, even in modern times, anointed that way. Pastor Hagen ministers also with it. Strong. Amen. So there's an anointing to heal. It not only drives out sicknesses, it drives out demons. Amen. Drives out demons. I've had people who are having trouble with demon activity. Any number of them. Laid, I've laid hands on them. That power went into them. It drove out not only their sicknesses, it drove out the, the, the demonic uh, activity too. They were set free. Amen. Notice it says the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Now when Paul laid hands on those pieces of cloth, they became storage batteries of the anointing. The anointing can be stored in cloth. It can be transmitted in cloth. Some things conduct it. I've tried leather before. I've laid hands on leather. When that power was in manifestation, it did not enter. I've tried oil. It did not enter. I've tried water. It did not enter. But I notice it enters into cloth. Now, like the bones of Elisha, 2 Kings 13, verses 20 and 21, those bones, obviously, the same power he was anointed with, his bones absorbed that power. After he died, you know, somebody who was dead was dumped on his grave and the man came back to life. Evidently, that same power, praise God, went into the person and the person was healed. So, God's power is stronger than sickness. It will drive out disease. But you see, faith is involved in ministering with that power. In Mark chapter 6, verse 5, the Bible says, talking about Jesus in Nazareth, it says, and Jesus could there do no mighty work, except that he laid hands on a few sickly people with minor ailments, and he healed them. Verse 6 tells us why. And he marveled because of their unbelief and went about their cities and villages teaching. So, if unbelief hindered Jesus, it hinder any of us. That's why we teach about some of these things, to build people's faith so that they're in a position to receive that power. Sometimes people think, well, if only I'll just get a hold of a man who is anointed, he will heal me. No, that's not how it works. There's the side of the sick man cooperating with God's power. Amen. So we need to teach more about the laying on of hands, believe in it, mix faith with it, and we'll get a whole lot more out of it. Praise God. Well, sixth method, sixth method of obtaining healing, gifts of healings, gifts of healings, gifts of healings. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 1, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I'll not have you ignorant. Now, if God didn't want the church at Corinth ignorant about spiritual gifts, he doesn't want the church in Abuja ignorant about them either. 
Verse 2 says, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Said, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Says now that diversities of gifts but the same Spirit, differences of administrations but the same Lord, diversities of operations but the same God that walketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That's verse 7. Verse 8 says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another the gift of faith. Verse 9. To another the working of miracles. Amen. To another the gifts of healings, another prophecy, another design of spirits, another diverse kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. It says, But all these work at that one and the self same Spirit. Dividing to every man severally as he will. Now you see, nine things were listed there. Three of them reveal something. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Now we have an entire 12-hour course that's devoted to that. So I won't go into details about it here. Now any one of those nine could be tools that could uh, help the sick. For instance, somebody is battling a sickness and then the person is about to give up. And somebody gives a message in tongues with interpretation. That brings him encouragement. That will encourage him not to quit, right? Someone could give a prophecy, exhortation, edification, and comfort to encourage the person to hold on. So any of the, any of the nine gifts of the Spirit can be an aid in ministering healing. Any of them. Any of them. Revelation gifts, you know. But one of them specifically is listed there in verse 9, the gifts of healings. In the Greek, both are actually plural. Both gifts and healings, gifts of healings. Then um, later on in the same chapter, in verse 27, the Bible says, and God, and ye are the body of Christ, the members in particular. 28 says, and God had set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondary, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. So we see, in that place, both are in plural. That's how it is in the Greek text. It's always like that, gifts of healings. Now, it seems like there are different gifts in different areas of healings. Now, the first list earlier on in the chapter is what we call gifts of the Spirit. The other list at the end of the chapter is what we call a list about ministry gifts. Sometimes the gifts of healings, which is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, or a spiritual gift, if we put it like that, could then become a ministry gift that walks through someone called to ministry. An example of that is Catherine Kuhlman. She had several of them walking through her. Several of them. Several of them. Sometimes atheists will come to her meetings and she'll point in their direction, call the name of their disease and they'll be healed. People will come to gather evidence against her meeting and they'll be healed. Amen. They don't believe in healing. They don't even believe in God. Some of them. You see, manifestations of the Holy Ghost they are really God's means of supernatural advertisement for the gospel. Gifts of healings work when I'm, when I'm in India. I, lo I love to go to India a lot. When I'm in India, I have a lot more manifestations of some of these things. Why? Because they haven't had as much exposure to the gospel. When I'm in some places and I'm among the lost, you know, once people have been exposed to the gospel, exposed to God's word, God expects a little more from them. These things, they work a lot for unbelievers. Sometimes God does some things just as signs 
to let people know that he's still alive and well, to get their attention, to get their attention. I was, as a student in the university, I remember one time I was walking down the road, and then there was one fellow, I was trying to witness to him. So I shared with him. I said, guess what? He said, what? I said, I'm a new creature. He said, what's that? So I shared with him a little bit. Then I said, I know you want to become one too. He said, no, I'm not interested. I said, but God loves you. You know, I tried to share with him. He just wouldn't listen. And then I just said, oh God, how can I reach this guy? And then suddenly I spoke out. I said, you were born on such and such a day. It was such and such a day of the week. The month, the day, the year. I had his attention. How did you know about me? Who told you about me? I said, the same person I'm telling you about is the one that just told me now. I've never seen you before. I've never, if I've ever seen you before, I don't know it. God just told me that now. I got his attention. It wasn't long before he got saved. You see that? So sometimes God does some of these things for that very purpose, just as a sign. So these work a lot among unbelievers and they work a lot among baby Christians. But they could also work for anybody. And we, could, we should all be in place where if God, through manifestations of the Spirit, wants to reach to us, we should be open to them. And also, God could want to flow through you to reach somebody. The problem is sometimes people are too scared to step out. Remember one time, many years back, I was preaching. And then suddenly, right in the middle of the message, I just heard the Holy Ghost say, someone just got healed of all, heard a word come up on the inside of me. So I blotted it out. I said, someone just got healed of ulcer. And then I continued speaking. At the end of the meeting, you know, the service closed, left. And um, there was this cousin of mine who was staying with us. And um, we discovered, I, I noticed he started eating things he shouldn't be eating. And he wasn't eating before. He had had ulcer since he was young. But suddenly he was eating stuff he shouldn't be eating. So one day I asked him, I said, what happened? I know you've been managing ulcer for years, years of your life, since you were in primary school. What happened? You're eat, eating stuff you shouldn't be eating. He said, have I forgotten that meeting? I said, which meeting? The meeting where you said someone just got healed of ulcer. Oh, I said, I remember. He said he was the one. He said he wasn't believing for his healing. I said I wasn't either. So it wasn't my faith. It wasn't his faith. It was just a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes the Spirit of God could initiate things. Amen. It could initiate things. I was teaching this same course, Christ the Healer. I was teaching it in Nagpur, India, the Rayma campus there. And then I was moving around a little bit in the class. And then I got in front of one lady. She sat just right where, about the place she seated here. And then when I got in front of her, on the inside of me, I heard the Lord tell me, tell her she's healed. Well, I didn't even know she was sick. She didn't look sick. It didn't look like anything was wrong with her. Well, I didn't pay attention initially. Then the word of the Lord came unto me again. Tell that lady she's healed. Well, it won't hurt to obey God. So I told her, I said, listen, I'm human and I could miss it. I can. Amen. We all can. But we endeavor to yield to God. I said, but the Lord will have me tell you and I pointed at her that you're healed. She didn't show much emotion. He just did something like, praise God. And I continued. Guess what I found out later? She had an incurable heart problem. She was instantly healed in that service. Instantly. Instantly. Went back to the hospital. They confirmed it. You know, what was that? That was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. There was one time. I was about to close a service. This was a church service. I was to close the meeting. So I came up to share the grace. I was about to share the grace. I just heard it on the inside of me. There's a lady here with an ovarian cyst. Tell her she's healed. Well, I said, who's the lady with the ovarian cyst? Then there was a lady seated on my left side, right in front. 
Well, she said she's got an ovarian cyst. I said, well, Lord, have me tell you you're healed. And that was all. That was all I said, you know. She went the next day. They checked it. They couldn't find the ovarian cyst anymore. It was gone. What was that? It was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. So sometimes the Spirit of God can initiate things like that. She wasn't believing for her healing. I wasn't either. I didn't even know she was sick. Amen. So the Spirit of God can initiate things through what we call gifts of healings. Now, different people, during the voice of healing from 1947 to 58, different ones of those healing evangelists were endowed along different lines. You know, Brother Hagin said he noticed that everybody who he ministered to, that, oh, let me rephrase that, that he had more results with growths, tumors, hernias, lumps. Once it was in growth, cancer, especially if it was in growth form, than any other of those healing evangelists. He had more results than all of them put together with growths. There were those among them that had results with blindness. They discovered that some had results along some certain lines. Our only model of a New Testament evangelist is Philip. Acts 8, from verse 5 to 8, says Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. The people gave heed with one accord, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits, crying out a loud voices, came out of many that were possessed. Many that were lame and had the palsy. What's palsy? Paralysis. Were healed and there was great joy in that city. You notice that all the healings under Philip's ministry were along the lines of lameness, paralysis that we have record of. Obviously, that was where his gift was. The only person who seemed to have had every single one of the gifts of healings was Jesus. There's only, he was the only one we have record of in the New Testament that all manner of sickness and all manner of disease were healed through him because he had all the gifts of healings. Now, there were other instances, for instance, through Peter in Acts 5, 12, then 15 to 16, where all, everybody was healed, right? But we're not told it was every sickness. Now, listen, faith in God's word will work. What I'm talking about now is not about them, you teaching them God's word or preaching God's word to them and they acting in faith to receive their healing. No. I'm talking about when there's a manifestation of God's power walking through the minister, a manifestation of God's spirit walking through the minister. See, when I've had this in manifestation, sometimes the people were not in faith. They weren't believing for their healing. They weren't. I've had God tell me to heal people in the tummy. I have. And I've seen them healed instantly. I don't go around hitting people in the tummy. I could get into trouble. But when the Spirit of God tells me to and I do, it works like clockwork. I've had God tell me, you know, I've been on a healing line before I was to minister to someone and God told me to tell them to run down, run back. That doesn't make sense to me. Any more than it made sense for Jesus to make spit on sand, make, make uh, clear of the, of the saliva and rub it on someone's eyes and tell the person to go and wash in a satin sea. You know, that man could have gone to Bethesda and say, no, that's where the angel comes to trouble. And he wouldn't have been healed. He had to act on what he was told. So sometimes, you know, God does things like that. It's another way. It's another method whereby healing is received. Through gifts of healings. Through gifts of healings. And then ministers, there are ministers who are anointed with one or more of these gifts of healings. Sometimes the word of knowledge works with it. I've heard the Spirit of God in meetings sometimes to just point people out to me. And then I'll point at the person. And then I'll tell what's wrong with the person. You know, I've heard that happen. But this is it. I don't control it. I can't press a button, pull a lever, and make it happen. I can't. 
Nobody can. It's the Spirit of God that does it. You know, there are some of these consultant seers that can always have a vision, especially after you have greased their palms, you know, with some kulele. You know kulele? <laughs> Want to check it up in the dictionary? <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. You know, no, that couldn't be the Spirit of God. It's as the Spirit of God wills. It's as the Spirit of God wills. I was in a service. Suddenly, I heard the Lord tell me that there's a young man here. His daddy has epilepsy. He's healed. Tell him, you know. Well, I came out. I said, who, there's someone here. I said, please don't raise up your hand. He might have a sister who he's trying to toast. And I don't want to spoil his show. Before the sister will say, hey. This runs in their family. You know, we should have discretion with gifts of the spirit. We shouldn't embarrass people. Amen. So I said, well, the Lord have me tell you tell, uh, that your daddy is healed. That was all. I didn't know anything about it. Four years after, a young man walks up to me and says, do you remember such and such a meeting? I said, yes. When you said such and such a I said, yes. He said, well, it was his daddy. His daddy had epilepsy. He said, it's four years now. He hasn't had a seizure. He said, if he went without his medication in one week, he had seizures. He said, it's in four years. He hasn't taken a tablet. hasn't had a seizure. Of course, something obviously happened. Was it my faith? No, it wasn't. You know, it was the Spirit of God initiating things. And God does initiate things. Who can flow and give such spirit? Any spirit-filled believer. We are all candidates to flow with the Holy Ghost. And God wants to use the entire body of Christ. But also, there are gifts of healings is listed as one of the, the ministry offices. Now, there's a healing ministry. The gifts of healings really works a lot with the evangelist's office. But it's not confined to that. And like I said, sometimes it works with the word of knowledge. But it's one of the methods whereby healing is obtained. And like I said, yes, we put out God's word. Yes, we teach God's word. And we ought to do that. Preach and teach the word of God and put that first. But listen, some people will never be healed except there's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Some people are too far gone that you can't teach them anything. They, they can't pay attention. Imagine someone in, in the in the last stages of terminal cancer, who is in so much pain and agony, what do you want to teach? Where do you want to start from? They are in so much pain, they can't concentrate. You know, so there are times when, except there's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. But the good news is this, the Holy Ghost is not a miser. He's not hoarding those manifestations. They belong to the church. And he will divide them severally as he will. It's his prerogative. Now, we don't use the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost uses us. Amen. We don't control those things. He controls them. He controls them. You know, sometimes the times you least expect, phew, starts working. Amen. So that's one method. And number seven, the last method, which is actually the best method to receive healing. Number seven, knowing and acting on God's word. Knowing and acting on God's word. That's the best method to be healed. By knowing and acting on the word of God. See, Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God's word, amen, is the healer today. God's word heals. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For their life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Now, that Hebrew word health is mape. Mape actually also means medicine. 
You see, God's word is medicine. God's word is medicine. If you would take God's medicine and take God's medicine and keep ingesting God's medicine, it will heal you of any sickness, of any disease. And not only is God's medicine curative, it's also preventive. If you take that medicine and keep taking it, it will also help you stay healthy. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he hath borne our griefs, literal Hebrew, sicknesses or diseases, and carried our sorrows, literal Hebrew, pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. You see, we were healed. We were healed. If we will know Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, 1 Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 17, if we will know these scriptures in our spirits, like we know in our heads that 2 plus 2 is 4, and 3 times 3 is 9. See, if the devil tries to lay siege on our bodies, you simply tell him, no, you don't. You can't put that on my body. Jesus took it. Because he took it, I'm healed. We'll be healed every single time. You don't have to have anybody lay hands on you. You don't even have to pray for your healing. Just by acting on Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, or any other scripture on healing, you can be healed. Amen. Really, the best method of receiving healing is this. This is the best method. By knowing and acting on the word of God. Repeating some of these scriptures to yourself, thinking about them, muttering them to yourself, meditating on them until the truth of them dawns on our spirits. When we see it on the inside of us, that actually Jesus took it, that Jesus bore it, and because he took it, I'm free, I'm healed. When we see that in our spirits like we should, our bodies will respond. This is the best method of receiving healing, knowing and acting on the word of God. Amen. Our healing is consummated in redemption. God is not going to heal us. He already has. Healing belongs to us. One time I pastored and this assembly, I ministered to the sea constantly, constantly. We had the supernatural. We had testimonies. There was this particular lady. She had had surgery for a breathing problem. She had had surgery two times. Each time the thing relapsed, the surgery couldn't correct it. So she still had that breathing problem. Now I minister to the sick regularly. She never came to have me lay hands on her. She never told me to agree with her. She never told me to pray for her. And I didn't even know she had the condition. But she just sat on that God's word. After three months, she walked up to me and said, yeah, she had this, but she wants me to know it's gone. She said, I said, what happened? She said, just by hearing the word and acting on God's word. I received my healing. I received it by myself. By the word of God. God's word has healing power. There was a lady, she was born with one leg about six inches shorter than the other. Not only was it six inches shorter, it had one and a half toes missing. So it only had three and a half toes. And that was how she was born. There's this series by Brother Hagen, Faith Classics. 
you know, used to be real to real. Then it became tape. Then it, it's now on CD. You know, the messages on it, confession brings possession, you know, six weeks hindrances to faith, uh, how to train the human spirit. You can have what you say, how to write your own ticket with God, and um, uh, actions that correspond with faith. Those are six messages in that faith classic series. She got a hold of that series. She said the first time she listened, it didn't make any sense to her. She didn't understand a thing. She said she listened again. She didn't understand a thing. She said, but she kept listening. She kept listening. After some time, she began to understand. She said, after six months of listening, he said, first month, nothing happened. Second month, nothing happened. Third month, nothing happened. Fourth month, nothing happened. Fifth month, nothing happened. After the sixth month, that leg that was shorter, she said she didn't pray. She was just listening to the word of God, taking the word of God in. You know what happened? That leg began to grow out. Yeah. It grew until it grew to the size of the other one. The one and a half toes that were in there grew out. She was perfectly healed. He came to preach somewhere in Albuquerque. The lady, uh, when they greet him after, he said, well, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He said, well, uh, brother and sister Higgin, I want you to know that these are the first pair of shoes I've worn in my life. He didn't understand. Maybe she was so poor, she couldn't afford shoes. What was it? Then she explained, I was born crippled. I had one leg shorter than the other. It had one and a half toes missing, but now I'm healed. He saw her two legs perfectly healed. Then the lady said, there's somebody you talked about in one of those. Then she told the story. Someone you mentioned in that series, who used to be my pastor, brother Goodwin, brother and sister Goodwin. Okay, so at least there's somebody who knows her that he knows. The next time he met the Goodwins, he said, do you know, remember sister so-and-so called her name? Oh, they said that poor crippled lady. So she was crippled. He said, she's not crippled anymore. What did it? The word, just the word. You see, we have sold the power of God short. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing it to the dividing asunder, soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful. God's word is powerful. It'll drive out any sickness. It'll drive out any disease. Yes, it's scriptural to pray, scriptural to do those things. But God's word also has healing power. Now, let me mention this so that we get it. You see all these methods, the laying on of hands, anointing with oil, in and of themselves, they don't heal. Are you listening? They don't heal. You see, our healing was purchased 2,000 years ago through the finished work of redemption. What these things are, they are just methods whereby healing can be obtained. It's just like someone comes to meet me and he says he needs money. And I say, you know how to get money? Just use an ATM. Just use an ATM. Oh. Make sure it's your ATM. Make sure you have a bank account in that bank. Make sure the account is furnished. You understand? Now, I can say that methods of obtaining money, ATM card, writing a check, uh, mobile banking, uh, online transfer, uh, you write, give the check to somebody, the person goes to get it for you, or you go to the bank and say, look, I don't have my checkbook here, I need money from my account. What do you need? You want to give me a slip to fill or whatever, you know, or you do a transfer in the bank. All those things are methods, right, of obtaining your money. But before you can obtain money, you first must have money, you must have an account in that bank and have money in your name. You see, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, 
our account was furnished with healing. You understand? Sometimes, if we don't understand that, we just think prayer will heal me. The laying on of hands will heal me. Anointing with all will heal me. You see, in and of themselves, they don't heal. What healed us was redemption 2,000 years ago. However, these things are methods whereby we can appropriate the healing that Jesus has already provided. So what made healing ours was the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Does that make sense? It's good we understand that. It's good we understand that. And like I said, you don't even need to pray to be healed. You can just act on God's word. Praise God. But like I said, different people are at different levels of spiritual growth. Whatever level you are at, there's one method you can hook up on so that you can appropriate your healing. God wants you well. Amen. So, we started off establishing the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. Then we went ahead to talk about methods of obtaining healing. We said two major methods, by faith and by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And we said when it comes to receiving healing by faith, there's a place of faith in God's word. There's also the place of faith in God's power. So those are the two cardinal methods, by faith and through manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Then we also said that Healing is by degree. Well, I'll say this. Healing is by degree based on two conditions. First, the degree of healing power that's administered. And second, the degree of faith that gives action to that power. When I have a stronger anointing, I have more instantaneous healings. Praise God. When people are in faith, it, it also works quicker and better. Amen. Themselves. So those two factors are key factors. Now, sometimes God initiates healing on his own through manifestations of the spirit. But we don't have to wait for God to initiate healing. We don't have to wait for an angel to trouble the water. We don't have to wait for a man of God to have a word for us. We don't have to wait until, you know, the spirit of God is moving specially in a service. We can initiate our own healing anytime by faith in God's word. Now, we have to put that method of receiving or ministering by faith, we have to put it first. Why do we put it first? Jesus put it first. The apostles put it first. See, Jesus didn't say go into all the world and walk miracles. No. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then he now said, these signs will accompany you as you preach the gospel. So we must put the preaching and or the teaching of God's word first. Amen. God's word will build faith in people's hearts and then they will be able to receive their healing. Amen. And then also when we put the word of God out, the Holy Ghost has something to walk with and then he can move through manifestations of the spirit. Praise God. All right, let's talk about hindrances to healing. Hindrances to healing. I could take this in several directions, but I want to zero in on talking about roadblocks to divine healing. Roadblocks to divine healing. See, there are some roadblocks to divine healing. The road to divine healing is hardly ever an expressway. You know, you, you know this airport road, especially when it's late in the night. If you like to speed like I do, you like to go on that road when it's very late, 11, 12, 1, you know, you can run as fast as you want. Isn't it? Please don't run too fast though. We all like th those kind of roads, right? We all wish the roads will always be that way every time of the day. But hardly are roads that way, isn't it? Yeah, the road to divine healing is hardly ever an express road. Usually it's filled with roadblocks, roadblocks roadblocks that the devil puts here, there, and almost anywhere to hinder people from 
receiving their healing from God. Now, what do we do about these roadblocks? We need to recognize them. Not only should we recognize them, we need to also remove them so that they don't stand in our way of receiving our healing. So I want to look at some of the major roadblocks that people have when it comes to receiving healing. Now, some of these roadblocks have their basis in superstition. Some have their basis in tradition. Some have their basis in misinterpreted scriptures. Some have their basis in just plain old unbelief. Just doubt and unbelief. But we want to take these roadblocks one by one and examine them, some of the major ones. Well, number one, number one roadblock that people have. Some people say this, that God sends sickness on people. Have you heard that before? Some people say that. They say God sends sickness on people. Roadblock number one. Put that in, in inverted commas. Don't just write it. Before somebody will see your Rema note and say, eh? what is this? You know, put it in inverted commas. It's not true, but some people think so. Some people say that God sends sickness on people. So put it in inverted commas. God sends sickness on people in inverted commas. Now, God does not send sickness on people, but some people think he does. Why do they think so? Some of them is from certain scriptures that they misunderstood. For instance, Exodus 15, 26. It says, if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, will do that which is right in his sight. Will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. He said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee that I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I'm the Lord that healed thee. Now there are scriptures like that. There are scriptures like that. In first Samuel 16, 13, 14, the Bible says, An evil spirit from the uh, from God troubled Saul. An evil spirit from God troubled Saul. Now people have seen scriptures like that, and they've said, Yes. God sent an evil spirit to trouble the guy. The year, year guy. After he disobeyed God, God dealt with him. God sent an evil spirit to deal with him. You know? And then Isaiah 45, 7. Let's look at some of them. Oh, we need to read them. Let's read them. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7. Isaiah 45, verse 7. It says, I form the light. And create darkness. This is God speaking. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Wow. Let's look at some more. Amos. Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3, verse 6. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord has not done it? Yeah. Any evil happened in Abuja today? This verse seems to imply it was God that did it. Let's look at some more. Micah. Micah chapter 1. Micah chapter 1. 12. For the inhabitant of Maroth waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord unto the gate of Jerusalem. Now people have read scriptures like this and have concluded that God sent sickness on people. Now, if he sends sickness on people, why do we want to say that we can be healed? When God sends it, if God sends it, don't you want what God sends? Now, to answer some of these, I'll have to say something. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. There's a book, Hints to Bible Interpretation. I've read some parts of it by Robert Young. 
In fact, if you Google online, you may see something on it on the internet. Hints to Bible Interpretation by Robert Young. Now, Robert Young was a very able Hebrew scholar. And he brought this out. That in all those places, that the actual original Hebrew word was never in the causative sense. It was always in the permissive sense. Never. God never put sickness on anybody. God never did evil. He never caused it. But the thing is that he only permitted it. Now you say, but permitting, causing, what's the difference? There's a big difference. See, man is a free moral agent. Let's say it's raining cats and dogs. Now it's not. But let's just say it's raining cats and dogs outside right now. And I tell you, well, let's just wait a bit. The rain will soon stop. Don't, let's wait for the rain to stop before we go out. And then somebody waits for me to turn and write something on the board. And then the person slips out and goes out, outside. And then when it's raining, with the rain still going on, and the rain beats the person. And then the person catches a cold. And then someone says, I gave that man a cold because he disobeyed me. I punished him by giving him a cold. No, I didn't punish him. I just said, look, as long as you are under the protective umbrella of this building, that stuff won't get you. But if you go out there and you are away from this protective umbrella, stuff is liable to happen, right? So God doesn't put sickness on anybody. Now, we also know this, that the Bible is progressive revelation. We don't get the full import of it until we come into the new covenant. The new covenant spells it out plain, clear. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Luke 13, 16, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When he says, shall there be evil in the city and the Lord has not done it? No, the Lord did not do it in the sense of commissioning it. If he did it, then he ought to go to hell. But he was aware of the evil. He, if he will do anything and everything he could to have stopped the fellow from committing it. But if the fellow insists he wants to do it, God gave man a free will. So God did not cause it. God did not do it. Now, Saul, Saul was anointed of God. But Saul chose to disobey God. Lost the anointing. Opened up himself to the devil. God had no choice. He couldn't stop the devil from afflicting him. Because he opened the door. He said, devil, come, 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 come in. And the devil obliged him. Does that make sense? So God does not do evil. God does not commission evil. He may permit it. And why does he permit it? Really? Because the Bible says the heavens belong to the Lord. Psalm 105 verse 14. The earth has he given to the sons of men. So he's given the earth to us. Amen. Now what did man do with the earth that God gave him? He turned over his dominion to Satan. Are you listening? Then Satan became the God of this world. 115 should be 16, not 14. Then the devil became the God of this world. And then he brought sickness with him. He brought disease with him. He brought all that stuff with him. And began to harass man. Does that make sense? And what can God do about it? Nothing. Man signed for it. If it was God that causes sickness. When the devil is finally eliminated from the earth. Then the earth is under God's absolute reign. Then the earth should be the headquarters of sickness. But there won't be any sickness anymore. 
isn't it? When the devil is finally eliminated, the Bible says that the lion and the, the goat will lie together. Isn't it? So sickness does not come from God. God does not make anybody sick. God does not have sickness. God does not send sickness on people. God is a good God. God has given us his word. If we stay under the protective umbrella of his word, then the devil won't be able to hit at us. If we leave the protective umbrella of God's word alone and we go into the devil's territory, now you're for you on your own. O-Y-O, on your own. And when you are on your own, the devil is on his own. In fact, you are not just on your own, you are on the devil's own. So, you are on the devil. Four go cancel two. And then the person will become mean smith for him. Hope that makes sense. All right. Next 10 minutes, we'll pick up and then we'll talk about the other roadblocks to healing. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.